Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of Becca and the Podcast. I am having so much fun recording these episodes. I just finished recording episode one, which you guys will have already heard. And we're going to jump right into episode two. And for today, we're going to be talking about weight gain, face tune, body positivity, and societal expectations, which I know probably sounds like a lot, (laughs) but they all kind of go in the same vein. And the reason I've been wanting to talk about this is because this kind of had a a big part to play as to why I chose to rebrand and why I felt like I had to leave the honest Pisces like behind basically. Um, so let's start with a little backstory on myself and my like weight journey. So in high school, I used to be extremely active. I loved playing sports. Um, I loved basketball was my jam. I loved being an athlete. And, you know, for the most part, my diet was really, really healthy. I would have fish and veggies like every night. My mom would always cook for me. So I had no problem kind of staying very fit and very healthy. And I didn't, (laughs) I didn't mind eating the same thing like every day. Whereas now I kind of get bored of like the same thing all the time. (laughs) So, um, but even when I was at my healthiest in high school and I was at the, my slimmest, I still felt like incredibly terrible about myself. Like I just felt crappy all the time. I have always had incredibly low self-esteem and I, I based a lot of my validation and self-worth off of what like other people thought about me. Um, I never appreciated the fact that I was healthy and flexible and I looked great. I, you know, I always, I always felt like the odd one out, you know, my friends were so skinny and like pretty and like they were the ones that all of the guys talked to and you know when you're at that age like all you think about (laughs) is boys if you're you know like if you're a girl that's all you think about and um it just it felt kind of crappy feeling like I just wasn't getting noticed and so you know and on top of that I just I always felt like I could stand to lose more weight like my mom would always tell me like oh like you know if you just lost 10 more pounds and I I just I I know it never came from like a like a mean place I just felt like it it just always weighed on me even my dad too like they I know they probably meant it in in a helpful way, but it just sucked hearing it all the time, especially when, like, I literally don't think I could have gotten any skinnier if I tried, and I think that just really goes to show, like, not everybody is built the same way. Like, 120 pounds on you might look completely different than it does on me. I was 140, and I, I literally don't think I could have lost any more weight and looked healthy. But I didn't know that at the time. I just felt like, okay, well, I should be losing more weight. Like, why don't I have a thigh gap? Like, I, why don't I look like my friends? Um, you know, on top of that, like, whenever I would go shopping, it, it was really difficult. I, like, I started to feel like clothes weren't made for me. Like, clothes for girls my age. Like, I think they were all made for very, like, cookie-cutter body styles like for me in particular I have a very hard time with my hips um 
especially when I was younger. I had very wide hips. I had a very small waist. I had, I was all thigh, like, and I looked great. I really wish I could have just appreciated what I looked like when I was in high school. And, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But, you know, it was more, it was, I wish I would have had that mentality of like, it's the clothes, it's not me. Um, and I don't think at that time, my mom, when we were shopping together, knew how to express that to me or even knew that she should express that to me. Um, it was always like, well, you know, we'll just go up a size or just lose a little bit more weight if you want to fit into those jeans. And I was like, okay, I guess those are like my only options. Um, and it just got to the point where I literally hated shopping and trying on clothes so much that I just started wearing oversized clothes. I think there was a point in my life where I literally wore boys cargo pants religiously because they were the only thing that fit and they were the only thing that were comfortable. And I didn't care. Like I just... I was tired of feeling like crap and it was like this endless cycle where I either wore boys clothes and was unattractive but was comfortable or I gave myself an anxiety attack and a mental breakdown over the fact that I couldn't fit into these teeny tiny pair of jeans that were not made for girls like me and I think the the market nowadays has kind of shifted and it's definitely become a lot more inclusive and they've definitely done a better job of including different body types when they design clothing. I think there's still a really long way to go. And it's hard um, because everybody is so different. Like what works for one person is not going to work for another. And I've started watching a lot of um, body positive YouTubers and influencers, some of my favorites are Sierra Schultze, Carrie Dayton, um, Alexa Sunshine 83 does a lot of like eco-friendly and thrifted fashion. Um, but there's a lot of girls in that sphere. And when I discovered that platform on YouTube, my mind was like blown. And I discovered that that was the platform that I wanted to be a part of because I wish I would have had something like that when I was younger. I wish I would have had somebody telling me like, it's not you, it's the clothes. You know, you're beautiful, you're fine the way that you are, you just have to find something that makes you feel like a million bucks. And I wish so badly that I would have had that um, when I was younger because, you know, growing up with like this really bad idea of shopping it just messed with my image like my self-image of myself for years and it made me feel like my body was not worth being seen and I'll never forget the first time I wore a bathing suit in front of a boyfriend it was this really skimpy two-piece it was like this bright red from like the Kardashian clothing line when they sold it at Sears because that's where my mom chose exclusively to shop for me um and I just felt so insecure and self-conscious and I looked fantastic and he told me that and he told me that I looked hot and that like I had nothing to worry about and everything but I think from that point on I just it just further propelled the idea that I needed validation from men or from boys in particular um And (laughs) that was the beginning of my very, very terrible mental health habits. Um, 
it was just it started spiraling you know when I got out of high school and into college when I really started to hit my dating stride and I started putting myself out there a lot more I tried to embrace my body and kind of venture out more into fashion at this point I had my first job and I had my own money and I didn't have to rely on my mom to buy me clothes because that's the other thing when my mom would buy me clothes she was very particular and she always bought me the same thing it was always like a polo shirt and like boot cut jeans and it was a travesty like I even in clothes that fit me I felt like they were so ugly that like I just felt miserable all the time and so when I started working and having my own money and I could shop and I was really trying to find my kind of voice in fashion, um, I still like sought validation from other people. And it got so bad to the point where eventually it wasn't just like physical validation that I was seeking. It was like validation for me as a person. It, it, I just got so like wound up in this image of myself and like what I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to project and like what are other people going to find attractive and it was very rarely where I had a moment where like I feel good for myself um, during this time in my life I was also dealing with a lot of stuff relationship wise um, and by relationship I mean I was not in a relationship, but I was dealing with the ramifications of a breakup and an ex that would always pop in and out of my life. And that had a lot to do with my issue of validation and like feeling like I wasn't good enough because I couldn't get him to stay. This is the same boy that told me I look great in a, in a bathing suit. <laughs> the same boy that probably I joke around that he ruined my life for like three years. He really didn't. It was just like a lot of back and forth, but like it really messed with my head and it really messed with, you know, my self-esteem because for a really long time, that was all that I wanted because I loved our relationship or what I thought that we had. And I just wanted it back so badly. And it just, it really messed with me. Like I felt like I couldn't be happy at all. And when I started working, actually, when I had my car, my parents were very strict and they were like, you can go to school and you can go to work and you have to come home. More so like in high school and stuff like that. But I remember I'd leave the house early and like stop and go get like Dunkin Donuts or like McDonald's for breakfast or like Taco Bell after work. And I'd like sneak eat it in my car. And so, you know, food that my, my mom and dad wouldn't let me normally have suddenly became like this treat for myself. And it just became like, overindulgence you know what I mean and I just I did it for so long and I was still semi-active so like I didn't really put on a whole lot of weight very quickly um but it that was really the start of like me not having very healthy habits and that was just me I think compensating for the fact that I hadn't had this food all my life like I just went crazy if you've ever seen the act, it's kind of like when, um, oh my God, I forget her name, Gypsy Rose. It's when Gypsy discovers that she's not actually like allergic to soda and she starts drinking it and drinking it and drinking it and having like ice cream and candy and sweets and she rots her teeth out. That's basically what it felt like. <laughs> and I just went crazy with food. I had no boundaries you know and obviously I was at school all the time and I would stay late to like do projects with my friends and stuff like that so we would always go out to eat and it just was like it just became more of like a convenience thing 
my serious weight gain really started when I moved to California and I was really able to date Edwin. Actually, no, I'll take that back. We'll go one relationship prior to when I was dating this boy in my town that I had gone to high school with. And uh, that's really when I started to get into that whole like couple, like what we do is we go out to eat and we hang out and we go out to eat and we hang out. And it was like that for about a year. And I just had such poor habits. And we would get into these really bad arguments and I would eat and eat and eat. And like eating was like my coping mechanism. And I just, I, and then I kept hearing it from my parents that I was like gaining weight and everything. And like, I didn't take the initiative to really change any of that. And then when I moved to, um, California and Edwin and I started dating, it was even more of that, especially because his, both of our families are Hispanic, but you know, I I spent more time around his family because obviously I, I lived with them and we just, it was always eating out. It was always having Mexican food. It was just like food is such a big part of that culture, but we didn't have the, um, we didn't have like the self-restraint to really like, (laughs) to really like limit ourselves basically. So we just started putting on more weight and, you know, both of us, our lifestyle, it was, it was very difficult in California for us. So Edwin would spend four hours commuting to and from work. It was like two hours there, two hours back. Um, eating, it was like, what is quick and what is convenient? Um, for myself, I, I, I had a much shorter commute and my, my thing was that I worked a very physically intense job. It was like eight hours, 10 hours, not 10 hours. <laughs> it was like seven or eight hours of being on my feet, dealing with people, you know, lifting a lot of heavy stuff. Um, and by the end of it, I'm just like extremely tired. My sleep schedule is all over the place. And, you know, you could be listening to this and thinking like, Becca, like these are just like a bunch of excuses. Like you should be able to take care of yourself. And you're right. Like I should. Like there is no excuse people that do way more than I do still make time to like go take care of themselves. And, you know, that's an issue that I've struggled with a lot. And I used to be so physically active. And the fact that I'm not now, like it really sucks. Um, And it's something that I'm trying to work towards, especially with our wedding coming up next year. You know, we want to lose the weight for ourselves, but also because your wedding pictures are such an important part of your life. You have those forever. You put them in your home and it's like, I don't want to look back on my wedding day and feel like uncomfortable or like that I don't like the way that I look in the pictures or that I find the right dress, but I just keep nitpicking it because of my body. And so, you know, it, we're starting to make the change now, but it, it it's very difficult. Um, So <laughs> little by little, I would actually start figuring out ways to kind of hide my weight in pictures, whether that was with learning how to pose or with face tuning. Now, I know face tuning is like such a hot button issue. Um, even for people that are not in the blogging sphere, or I know it's a really big thing with celebrities that have their photos re- like photoshopped all of the time. Um, it, 
I hate that I even started using it in the first place. So like at first I would use it for very minimal things. I would use it to fix flyaways or make my hair look a little bit more voluminous or like like paint people out of my pictures and then it just got to the point where like I would smooth my face out or smooth my legs out or I would make myself look like I have a tinier waist or I would like make my face less my face look less chubby and before I knew it I was using it for almost everything like I felt like I couldn't post a picture without face tuning it first and I hated that it even got to the, that point and there's a lot of issues with it. I tried to justify it for a very long time, but here's the thing. So first and foremost, I'm running this blog where I am trying to tell girls and women that they need to love themselves. They need to be the most genuine version of themselves possible. And here I am face tuning my pictures. What kind of message does that send? Like, I don't even love myself to put an unfiltered version of myself out in the world for people to see and understand that, you know, your body the way it is, is normal. Like you do not have to fit into any specific mold. You know, that that it, the message that sends is just so terrible. And when I started to realize that I, that's when I kind of fell out of love with my, my, like the honest Pisces. And that's why I felt like I couldn't even make genuine content because I hadn't been genuine for such a long time that I just felt like, what is the point? Like, this isn't even me anymore. And I would write about things that were important to me, but then it, it all felt like a lie because I wasn't even like it was mixed in with such other filtered content that I just felt like, what is the point? And, you know, on top of that, like I, I go through my Instagram. I like looking back at my photos and stuff like that. And I would think, oh man, like I was so skinny here. Like what happened? Not remembering that I, I would facetune those photos. Like, no, like I had a double chin here. Like, no, my waist was not this small here. And I would do that for, what, five seconds of validation from people on the internet versus a lifetime of me kicking myself because, like, why can't I be that skinny when in reality, like, no, you, you were never that skinny to begin with in that picture. Why couldn't you just enjoy the way that you looked and the memory that you created in that picture instead of, you know, photoshopping your body? And so when I kind of realized those two things, I really started to understand the importance of if I'm going to become a voice in this community, in the body positive and body neutrality community, I really need to make sure that what I am preaching is 100% genuine. I need to make sure that the image I'm putting out of myself is, you know, as real and honest and raw as possible because number one, that is what people are going to resonate with. And number two, it's like, I will be my most happy self. When I start putting my genuine self out there, my unfiltered version of myself out there, and, and the right audience comes to me and my content and really appreciates me for who I am, it is so much more fulfilling than posting this perfectly edited and photoshopped picture of myself and getting validation from people when I know I it's like you almost don't deserve it because you know that's not the real you that you're putting out. And like I have this love-hate relationship with Instagram where it has, Instagram for me is a tool 
So, like, I have found so many great creatives, businesses, um, content creators through Instagram. Like, it, it is life-changing, honestly. And I think that's the way it was meant to be used. It's a place for you to showcase your talents, you know, document your travels. And it has just turned into this popularity contest where everything feels like a trend or everything feels like um, kind of like a lie. And so it's like you can't even I'm trying to think of like a really good example. OK, like Coachella, right? I would say like 90 percent of the people that go to Coachella go because a FOMO and B like they just they want to seem cool. Like they want to get dressed up in like really trendy outfits and go take pictures the thing that really annoys me is when these internet trolls will go to people's like Instagram pages or like haters from like your school or whatever or people you work with will like talk shit on you because like you're taking photos and enjoying yourself and they're like why are you taking these photos like in Coachella like who do you think you are and stuff like that and I'm like just let people live. Like, what does it hurt you if this person decides to go to California, decides to go to this music festival, take pictures and have fun with their friends and like put out this persona of themselves that they want, you know, maybe that's them as they are or they're trying to come into that as a person and you're over here bringing them down. It's like, like, do you not have anything better to do? <laughs> like, in my opinion, like, why do you care what somebody else is doing with their life? Like, now, if they're promoting, like, a really, like, dangerous um, image or ideal, like, obviously, yes, that needs to be discussed. And you would hope that the person posting that has the sense of mind to have that conversation and kind of understand why that would maybe be problematic. But, like, if someone is just out living their life and they want to post it on the Internet, like, just leave them be like I don't understand what is so hard about keeping your opinion to yourself and moving along um but it you know Instagram is like it's such a popularity contest and it's stressful when like young bloggers and young micro influencers um specifically it feels like if you don't have a certain look, if you don't have a Chanel bag, if you don't have a Louis Vuitton, if you don't have that Gucci belt or those Hermes sandals, if you don't have that look, like, what are you doing? You know, and I, it's really hard <laughs> to kind of separate that. And, you know, I think the other thing people don't talk about when they, when they really discuss blogging is the fact that it is a job and it is such an investment of your own money putting out hauls or gift guides or anything else you know those people if they're just starting out are investing so much money into you know buying all of these clothes or trying out a brand or you know they're putting their selves at you know the risk of an anxiety attack like oh yeah I'm gonna try on like five hundred dollars worth of like good American jeans which is like what, like three pairs of jeans, <laughs> um, you know, it, it's an investment. You know, most of these people put these things on credit cards and then if they like it, they keep it. And then, you know, the the this is also why I kind of like wanted to step away from YouTube because I just felt like it's such a money pit 
And you have to do it for so long to see any sort of like payoff that like I just for me right now, it was not feasible. I spent a lot of money, a lot of my own money and got myself into debt buying clothes that were not me that I felt like I had to buy because if I'm going to be a quote unquote blogger, I have to have this certain look. I have to have this certain body. And then I just started turning into something that I didn't like. Um, which again goes back to the idea that I had where I'm like, the honest Pisces needs to go because it's just, it's not real. It's not genuine anymore. And the thing is that it happens so slowly and then all at once that I didn't even realize it when it was happening. And so it wasn't until I actually kind of stopped doing it and took a step back and really looked at what I was doing that I just was not happy with it anymore. And, um, it, it, when I got into this whole blogging sphere, it was because I wanted a place to feel good about myself and I wanted a place to help other people feel better about themselves too. And so, you know, when I discovered the term mid-sized girl, it changed my life. I finally felt like I had something to relate to because when you're a mid-sized girl, which typically ranges between sizes 12 to 16, um, things it's a very gray area. You're not plus size and you're not quote unquote normal size. Things aren't really made to fit you that great. You're kind of at the tail end of the normal size, but not quite at the plus size realm. And you just feel like, I think that's what I was feeling when I was younger is that like I was in this realm that nobody really talked about or even knew existed. And there was nothing for me. And it it's thanks to girls like, Carrie and Sierra that have brought attention to that kind of body realm that brands are now paying more attention when girls are like, I need more sizes. The thing that still needs to be worked on, in my opinion, um, so one of my favorite pairs of jeans are the American Eagle curvy mom jeans. I think they're fantastic. I think they're a great high rise jean. Um, but they only carry it online. I think I've only been to one store that had one wash and style of the jeans and they didn't even go up to the right size. So I'm like, what is the point of having these jeans if they're not easily accessible? Like I, I can't try them on. I can't do anything. So I think there's still like a lot of work to be done in that sense, but it's, it's a step in the right direction. When it comes to societal expectations, because I feel like this is a really like hot button issue and I kind of touched on it a little bit previously, but you know, that idea that women are supposed to look a certain way, um, it's, I think people really need to throw that idea away and really focus on what makes them happy. I think everybody like, preaches about you know doing things that make you happy but when it comes down to it a lot of people are shamed for doing the things and wearing the things and pursuing the things that make them happy for example I myself I put myself out there a lot as a creator I started this podcast like literally on a whim um it was just something that I wanted to pursue and so I did it figured out how to do it it terrifies me every single time I'm like, I have a new blog post or I have a new YouTube video or I have a podcast now. And then it, it kind of like stem or like it ebbs in 
to this idea of like imposter syndrome, which I have very much so. Um, and it's just that idea that like, I don't belong in this sphere. Like who would want to listen to me and who would want to even like pay attention to what I'm doing, you know? And you kind of have to like push through that. And I'm going to talk about that a lot when I talk about like creative burnout and like the struggles of being a content creator, because I think we all kind of feel like imposters and the societal expectation is that like, leave it to the professionals. Like you're not a makeup guru. You're just a girl in your bedroom trying to act like one. And you get comments like that online. Like when I used to do makeup tutorials, I would get comments like that all the time. And it's like, I'm not, you have to kind of do it for yourself and for the people you know will appreciate it. Like I would genuinely get comments of of family members and friends asking me like, how do you do your eyebrows? Or like, what brushes do I use? Or like, what makeup palette should I buy? And so I'd make a video to try to help and I would get all these comments like, everybody knows how to do this already. And I'm like, Not everyone does. And then, like, there's this idea, again, going back to Instagram, that you have to have, like, this full coverage, like, you like makeup, and, like, I think it's very much, like, a younger generation thing. Myself, as a 25-year-old woman, I, I mean, when I was younger, I used to spend all of my money on makeup, and I had no shame. But, you know, my, me now... I have found things that work for me and it's very hard for me to want to deviate from that because I found things that don't break me out. I found eyeshadow palettes that like work great for me and I only need like two or three. I don't need every single palette that comes out. You know, the the beauty industry is such an animal right now. Um, And, you know, you have these beauty influencers that are these beautiful, curvy, wonderful, genuine. Some of them are genuine women. And then some of them that are very entitled and self-absorbed and, um, and I don't know, you know, I don't know who is who, but I, I, I can only imagine that, that they're out there, you know? Um, and they're like, they're role models to these young women and it just further perpetuates the idea like, oh, like this influencer has a Gucci bag. I have to spend two grand and I have to have a Gucci bag or this influencer wears, you know, she has primer and she has a $400 skincare routine and she has a $100 foundation and she bakes and she does, you know, it just propels this idea that we need more and more and more. Um, and I think since we live in such a like consumerist, um, capitalistic society, those things are prioritized and it just seems like the norm to like want more and more and more. And it just goes back to that idea of like going in debt for, you know, as a blogger or as um, a YouTuber or anything where you're trying to provide something for someone like a con like providing content for people. Um, it takes time and it takes money and it just propels this idea of like this consumerist mentality where you have to get these new jeans or you have to get this new palette. And it just makes you feel like if you don't have those things or if you don't look like the people that are promoting it or if you don't look like everybody else in that industry that you feel like less of a woman. 
or man, because men deal with this too. I feel like a lot of men deal with body image issues, body dysmorphia, mental health issues, because they are being told that if they don't have a rockin' six pack, they're less than. Guys are lucky though, because at least guys have like dad bods to fall back on. Like they, somebody brought that back and made it a thing. And I'm so happy because to me, that's like my ideal body type. Like it, it it's so weird, but I don't find incredibly ripped men attractive except for Chris Evans. (laughs) I was about to say Chris Hemsworth. No, Chris Evans. But like, like, I don't like that, like super ripped, like look. And some girls do like literally it's all about personal preference. And I think that the, the real issue with like marketing and, um, you know, getting these like high end models to do all of these shoots. And like, I get it, like a brand has a certain look, but I think especially with my generation coming up, it's going to change drastically because we're realizing like, we don't, we don't want to see the same two types of people in ads or the same two types of people in media. Like we want representation. We want women of color. We want plus size women. We want plus size men. We want men in beauty. We want trans and non-binary and like it's such a such a wide scope of diversity now which I can just hear the boomers crying like well we didn't have this back in my day it's just a bunch of fruit loops now like no (laughs) these people were always here the only thing that has changed is that we now live in a society where they feel a little bit more comfortable coming out you know a lot of younger people in in particular are a lot more welcoming of diversity and in fact they encourage it and to me I think that's such a beautiful step in the right direction um it it just sucks that not everybody is on board with that idea just yet and I think the day that they do become on board with that idea there are going to be so many positive changes and I think women and men are going to stop feeling so self-conscious about their bodies because they're going to see people that look like them in the media and feel validated. You know, it's it's so critical to have representation. I remember when Coco first came out, hard shift in topic here. When Coco first came out, I was like, oh my God, babe, like, look, it's like, it's about a Mexican family and Mexican culture and tradition. And he was like, oh, that's cool. Like, he didn't really, like, understand. Like, for me, that was very important for him. Once we came out of that movie, he kind of had this, like, light bulb moment where he's like, wow, like, that's what it feels like to be represented. Like, that's really important. He's like, like, I have those conversations with my abuela where, like, you know, they they make you eat all the food there they call you too skinny like no matter what you weigh and they just want to like take care of you you know the culture of the music and all this and it, it just it feels so nice to be seen and like you know tying this back in with like everything that I've been talking about like the body positivity and the societal expectations it's just like the all of those things need to die and I don't think everyone has gotten on board with the idea of diversity because it would mean uprooting everything in the beauty and media world and I don't think a lot of people are ready for that yet I don't think people that have been in that industry for years and years and years and years are ready for that to change and you know because I think a lot of people are really scared of change. I think that's a very normal conversation to have. 
Um, but it's like, I, I, I really do feel like as soon as everybody kind of gets on board with that, it is going to change everything for the better. Um, I personally can't wait for that moment. I think it's going to be such, such a great moment for us as human beings when we all kind of feel validated and seen. Wow. That was one of the best conversations with myself I think I've ever had. I really hope you guys enjoyed this um, episode. I love talking about this. I love sharing these ideas with you guys. I'm also very curious to see if any of you also feel the same way. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. I will see you in the next one. Bye.